Art for art's sake. Just another shot fake. Empty. Alone. Flying in coach without a pilot. Is that what it's about? Art only for itself, yourself, the gatekeepers downtown? Art for art's sake, for God's sake. We can do better than that. Welcome to another episode of Love and War, the podcast in which the irresistible force overcomes the immovable object. I'm your host, Lee Ballinger. I'm an author, poet, and producer based in Los Angeles. If you want to know more, check out my bio on Facebook, L-E-E-B-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. You can hit me up at rockrap at AOL.com. R-O-C-K-R-A-P, or on Facebook. Scooter, Scooter. Okay, okay is anybody injured? Yes, yes, a lot of blood. Please help, please. The school shootings continue. What causes them? That's hard to figure out if you look at them in isolation, so let's put them in context. School shootings which take our children from us just as they are beginning to bloom toward adulthood, are only one piece of the puzzle. More than 3,000 people have been shot by police since 2015. Hundreds of shooters have killed and gotten away with it under the cover of stand-your-ground laws. The environment is being destroyed, as is the health of millions without access to health care. The U.S. military is at war around the world, and is now patrolling the U.S.-Mexico border. Our water systems are being deliberately poisoned. The homeless are dying in the streets. Violence is everywhere, backed up and amplified by a constant barrage of violence in movies, television, and video games. If you've got a problem, we are told, just shoot somebody. We are asked to accept that simple-minded solutions such as arming teachers are going to stem the tidal wave of violence. The solution is right in front of us in the streets of America. Our youth are demanding that they be able to live in safety, yes, but beyond that in full security and prosperity. On the one-month anniversary of the Parkland shootings, over a million students walked out of schools across the country. Ten days after that, Students led 800,000 people in the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C., while countless others joined protests in 700 cities. On April 20th, there were nearly 3,000 protests across the country for National School Walkout Day, held to commemorate the anniversary of the 1999 Columbine slaughter. This response is creating the opposite of a culture of violence. It is creating a culture of unity, a growing movement built on links between schools and neighborhoods and issues and cultures. Reach out to our youth. Support them. Connect with them. The youth, after all, came from us. Our future will come from them. The saga of the Trump administration is a continuing disaster. 
One problem that has accompanied it is the mass acceptance of the false idea that America is populated by tens of millions of voters who agree with Trump's right-wing policies. Regular Love and War listeners have heard a more accurate picture. Trump voters supporting immigrants, fighting for health care, uniting whites and Native Americans, etc., etc. There's more. Last October, Republican Tim Murphy resigned in disgrace from his seat as congressman in a district which lies in Appalachia in western Pennsylvania. In 2016, Trump carried that district by a 20% margin. Earlier this year, Connor Lamb ran against Republican Rick Saccone in a special election to fill that empty seat, campaigning on a pro-union platform with support for Obamacare and student debt modification. Republicans spent $8 million on TV advertising to defeat Lamb. Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and two of Trump's children went to Pennsylvania to campaign for Saccone. On March 13th, Lamb was elected to the House of Representatives. Will he do a good job? Mm, Maybe, maybe not. The point is that a district of voters who helped to elect Trump went to the polls this year to support a positive agenda that reflected the needs of the people. Many more steps need to be taken to make that happen, of course. Let's stop pointing fingers at each other and walk together toward that goal. I have a new book out called Love and War, My First 30 Years of Writing. You can download a copy absolutely free at loveandwarbook.com. That's loveandwarbook.com. Let me know what you think of it. A recent New York Times article detailed some of the ways the billionaire Koch brothers have bought control of much of George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. Donations were made contingent upon entities controlled by David and Charles Koch having the power to approve the hiring of certain right-wing professors, not to mention influence over which students get in the school and which previously admitted students are considered for federal judicial clerkships. This is hardly a one-off situation. The Times points out that from 2005 to 2015, the Kochs dispensed $150 million to over 300 schools. Former Arizona State professor Matthew Garcia told the paper that Arizona State will never hire anyone that Koch doesn't approve. The takeover of education by the 1% goes further. The new head of Los Angeles schools is Austin Butner, a former partner at the Blackstone Group, which currently sits on a $450 billion mountain of investment capital. Butner is an ongoing business partner of fellow L.A. billionaire Eli Broad. Broad is a powerful champion of for-profit charter schools. Coincidence? Well, Butner has no experience running a school district or even a single school. He does have a lot of experience making money for himself and for other wealthy people. Meanwhile, the Wisconsin Hope Lab recently released its annual report on hunger and homelessness 
among college students. They surveyed 43,000 students at 66 institutions in 20 states. They found that 36% of university students and 42% of community college students periodically go without food while pursuing degrees. 9% of university students and 12% of community college students are homeless. One group we could single out as likely to be hungry and homeless in the near future are graduate students at Southern Illinois University. The administration there is developing a pilot project to gather so-called volunteer adjuncts who would, quote, teach specific graduate or undergraduate lectures, serve on university committees, and work on research projects, unquote. In return for all this work for Southern Illinois, students would get nothing, not one thin dime. It's worth noting that the Hope Lab found that in the state of California, which has the world's sixth largest economy, 42% of students at both University of California and Cal State University campuses go hungry. Austin Butner and Eli Broad, who claim to care about students, could give up just a portion of their vast fortunes and ensure that all California college students have free education, including food and lodging. Wouldn't this solve many of the problems, especially motivation, in the Los Angeles school district those two billionaires now jointly control? We are told all the time that the American people are apathetic, then how do the experts explain the fact that more than 1.5 million people tuned into Bernie Sanders' Economic Inequality Live Town Hall on March 19th? What would happen if just 10% of those folks coalesced into an organized force to actually pursue economic equality? Do I speak for the world? Let's finish up with the quote of the week. Malcolm X's birthday was on May 19th. So in honor of that, check this out from Red Fox, who said, In the early days, Malcolm hated what he called the white devil. Then he realized that we were all different shades of the same stick. The motherfucker got killed for it. That's it for now. If you see me on the street, smile back. Well, together we stand, divided we fall. Come on now, people, let's all get on the ball and work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. Well, here now, people, because together we will stand every ball.